who am I to do this? Why would I take on? What, if, what happens if this actually works? Or what if, what if I fail? What if I succeed? What if I'm visible? Oh my God. And how unhappy, unfulfilled, how, how empty might I feel if I don't? Welcome to the Rebel Souls podcast, where we flip the middle finger to the status quo. I'm your host, Shelly Paxton, lifelong rebel, liberator of souls, and author of Soulbatical, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. Settle in as we dive deep with badass leaders who are rebelling for what matters most in life, business, and the world at large. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get this revolution started. Hey, Rebel Souls, welcome back. It's so good to be with you again. I'm so grateful that you're tuning in. I hope you're finding value and inspiration in all the episodes. There's a little secret part of me that's hoping that you're binging on them too. I know that's how I like to listen to and watch my podcast. I just go all in. It's like the Netflix mentality. When I find something I love, I just gobble it up. So there's a little bit of my rebel soul that is hoping that's exactly what you guys are doing because that's a sign that there's desire there and that it's meeting a need and I hope it's fueling your soul. And if it's not, or if you want more of something or less of something, then please tell me, shoot me a note. I want to keep learning and evolving as, as this goes. I'm doing this for you guys. I'm doing this because I want to make this really like a, a really I value your time. So if you're spending an hour with me, I want you to get something or some things out of it. I want there to be lots of juicy nuggets. And I love the guests I'm finding and the conversations I'm having. And I want to keep making this better and better. And on that note, this episode rocks. Dr. Erin Baker is a dear friend of mine. She and I are in a coaching community together and we've bonded over kind of our, our history and our shared experience in the corporate world and the journey we're now embarking on together. I love every single conversation I have with her and this one I think was the best I really do. So let me give you some background on Erin and then talk to you about what we dove into today because she is on fire with her focus right now. So her background is super interesting. She got her PhD in social psychology. I think it's, she calls it social and personality psychology. So she's like a PhD that totally could have gone the academic route, you know, really brilliant understanding of psychology that she then applied to getting into the user experience space in the tech world. So she did user experience for Facebook, like launching, like developing Facebook stories that most of us use to this day. And she did user experience for Microsoft Yammer, if you're familiar with that messaging platform or that social platform that a lot of companies use. And then had a similar kind of wake up to what I did and just said, I, I, you know, what if I don't go nurture my soul and understand my calling and discover what that is so I can have a bigger impact in the world? Sound familiar? <laughs> so now you know why we get along so well. And she created her next act. She's now a speaker, soon to be an author. She's working on her book, which she talks about in this conversation, a transformational coach, and 
she is a podcast host. Her podcast just launched. It's called Life in the And. And as in A-N-D, that little word that has the power to transform our lives. And that's the topic of this entire conversation, really digging into Erin's journey and her understanding of the power and the paradox of and, and what are some of the ands that guide her life and that she's kind of discovering every single day. And I mean, you guys, so, like few of these actually stopped me in my tracks, like head to toe chills. And I think it's going to be the same for you. I, I just, I hope you can mine some of that gold for yourself and ask some, or just see some of the, the distinctions and the paradoxes that she brings up and shares with us as part of her, her personal story, her journey, her learning every day, framing out the book that she's writing. But I mean, I'll tell you, this is... I've never... Now I see Anne's everywhere. And that's something she says... In our conversation, it's like, once you understand the power, and you guys know, I come from an improv background. So yes, and is a staple in my life. It is the language of possibility and building bridges. And now that I'm thinking, and it's kind of seeing the world through Aaron's perspective, I see and understand and's everywhere in my life. And how beautiful they really are. And I'll leave it at that because this is such a rich conversation around that concept. You guys are going to fall in love with Erin, fall in love with what she has to share, her journey, and the power of this little tiny word, and. So let's dive in. Enjoy. Before we begin, I want to share an offering from my soul to yours. If you've achieved traditional success only to realize that you're living someone else's dream, then this will start you on a profound journey toward becoming chief soul officer of your own life, just like I did. I'm gifting you a free chapter from my book, Soulbatical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. It's called Liberating from the Shackles of Should. And if you're ready to, then visit soulbatical.com to download it for free. That's S-O-U-L-B-B-A-T-I-C-A-L dot com. Warning, side effects include intense joy and fulfillment. Hello, hello, fellow rebel souls. I am on fire to have this conversation with my dear friend, soul twin, Aaron Baker. Actually, I should call you Dr. Aaron Baker. Doctor, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so freaking excited for this conversation. Our conversations are always so good. So the listeners are in for a wild ride, whatever it ends up being. Yes. And, and as with all conversations, we are just letting this one flow. We're going to follow the energy, let it be organic. And Aaron and I are connected on so many levels. I just know there's going to be juiciness. And I have a, so much passion for what she's putting out in the world and her mission right now. So Aaron, I'm going to start with my favorite question, my signature question. What are you rebelling for? Yeah, I am rebelling for one of the tiniest words in the English language, and. And why that matters is it's a tiny word, and it's one of the most powerful 
powerful words. I know it connects opposites. It allows us to move through paradox. It allows to bridge divides between things. If you think about just changing the word but or or to and, you can see paths forward that you haven't seen before. And I'm rebelling for it at every level. Within us, we all have ands, ways in which we are walking contradictions and being in those contradictions are actually really, really powerful. And then in the ways we behave and the ways we think, we can think about ands. And then if we think about the broader world, inclusivity is all about and. So I think you can create a more authentic way of being. You can create more success as an entrepreneur or a leader. And in organizations and communities, we can create inclusivity and love. I, well, you know, I love this so much. And you and I, I was on your podcast, which by the way, launch today and launch today. So we're recording this on July 14th. It'll come out a little bit later and you must check out Erin's new podcast called Life in the And, which explores everything she just talked about. So yes, I had to get that little announcement in for you because I'm super excited to start binging it. (laughs) So everybody subscribe and binge. And I know you're going to want to after this conversation. So back to the and, mm. you know, so I'm a student of improv, mm-hmm. second city in my 20s. And the most crucial thing I learned in improv was the phrase, yes, and. Absolutely. And that is a game in improv. It's also a game in the tech world for creating innovation. If you're thinking about what are you creating as an innovative design or a product or a technology, you start with one person's idea and then you build and you build and you build. And I've even recently heard about this and how do you have powerful conversations with people you disagree with? And it's you listen for the 10% of agreement even. It might not be 100% agreement. It's the, here's what I like about what you said, whatever it is, and here's my thoughts. And so it allows for these conversations to flow where we're not focusing on how we're different. We're focusing on how we're the same and how we can build on that sameness. I love it. It's I call it the language of possibility. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did a solisode. So for anybody who hasn't listened to that one, it's called Rebelling for Possibility. And mm-hmm. I talk about what I learned in improv, starting with that fundamental building block. So I love that we're now expanding what and can really mean. You, you had some beautiful language. Can I read some of your language back? Sure. Yeah. You wrote something when we were talking about this episode and I was like, okay, what does and mean to you? And it was so beautiful. You wrote the aliveness, authenticity, freedom of being, creativity that comes for each of us individually when we embrace the ands within ourselves. Mm-hmm. I hope that's the beginning of your book. Uh, so brilliant. I didn't I don't remember writing that. So please make sure (laughs) it it comes back to me. I will. I'm going to send it back to you after this conversation. So what I would love to do is explore that a little bit more because I know your journey has been really what has has awakened you to the power and the paradox of and. Mm -hmm. So can we dig into your personal and professional journey a little bit? Yes. Yes. Get yummy. Mm. So the discovery of the power of and comes from my identity and now my body being an and. For the last maybe decade or so, I explored this idea of I never have really felt female. 
I've also known for a very strong fact, I never wanted to be male. So I wasn't transgender in the typical sense, but I felt this fluidity around some days I feel really, really feminine in my energy. And some days I feel really, really masculine. And it's an identity and an expression of that. And I came to realize there's this whole range that you can be in gender identity that's non-binary. And I can move through these different energies and I can see how powerful I can be as a leader when I'm able to hold certain masculine energies in tandem with the feminine softness. And I realized that my body now, I've actually had surgery to remove my female breasts, that my body feels like this really paradoxical and. And when I started playing with these ands of feminine and masculine, I also started just to look at, wait a sec, so much of my life I've moved through challenge, through doubt, through uncertainty by holding these opposite tensions together and, and doing that in ways that most people are all, they all are doing it too. But I now started to realize I'm doing it. It's the keys to all of my successes and wow, everybody else can do it too. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. The, the, I I love, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing Mm. with us your own personal gender identity story. And I I thought that might be where you start because Mm. that's so powerful and getting to know you, I can see you as a human and as a really, really influential leader moving through those energies so beautifully. That's Mm. how I experience you. you. Yeah. So I'm curious as you have helped to, it seems to me that you've stepped out and really said, I'm owning that and, that gender identity and, and I am helping others to own that for themselves. Like you've Mm -hmm. become kind of a spokesperson for this in a way, right? Yeah. Yes. And it, it doesn't have to be something that you come out as, right? As an identity. It's learning that we all have these these energies that we're moving through. And there's all kinds of examples in the world of these tensions. There's another part of my journey. I'm a scientist, but in the last few years, I've been exploring what does spirituality mean to me and how do you blend science and spirituality and how do you blend logic and intuition, which is one of my favorite things to, to study. How do you blend coming from the heart, but also being very intellectual? And so holding that how can you be really, really a thought leader and a heart leader? Mm, I love that. A thought leader and a heart leader. So Mm. what advice do you give for people like the logic and intuition, thought leader and heart leader? Like that feels like really juicy space. Can we dig in there just a little Mm -hmm. bit? How, How do you as a coach and in your work and in fulfilling your own mission, how do you help people to live into that? Yeah. So oftentimes we have taken on one side of the coin. So I worked in tech. I was a PhD in psychology. My whole world was the intellect, the analytics. I was a data person. So I was over-rotated towards that one thing. And so a lot of the work I've done with myself and now do with my clients is how do we get in touch with those other energies? How do we reconnect you to your intuition? How do we build your muscle for listening to your intuition? How do we help explore these spirituality things. And sometimes we might over-rotate for a while because you've been so on one side of the coin, you need to really, really over-rotate. And then it's figuring out how do we blend that? And just even using the word and creates, as you talk about rebelling for possibility, the minute you add the word and to something that you feel is an or, 
your brain just goes, huh, I wonder what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. It creates a bridge where, mm-hmm. there was a, where there was a brick wall before. Right? Absolutely. I was just playing with this with myself on something the other day. And I was thinking, huh, I'm, I'm really into this, this idea right now of having no goals and surrendering for 2020 to just what's coming up and emerging for me. And I kind of miss having this audacious thing I'm going after. And they feel really, really incompatible to be in this let go, surrender, see what happens. And, oh, there's this big thing I want to go after. And so I said, well, what if I just put the word and in there? I don't have a solution yet, but I know it's going to come because there will be a way for me to do both. (laughs) Yeah. And it might be as simple as like setting that intention and then trusting and surrendering as you take one step at a time in the universe. Yes. What she does so well opens the portals. Yes. One of my favorite ands, and I explored this in one of my andisodes, is this idea of having high intention towards whatever you're moving towards and low attachment to it actually coming true. So oh, I'm okay. Let's put a pin in that. <laughs> beautiful. High, uh, so high intention mm-hmm. and low attachment. Mm-hmm. That feels like a formula for absolute success because so often we put those intentions out in the world and then we cling to them with like the absolute grip. Yes. It doesn't even need to be a goal. I've actually been exploring this in relationships too, as I'm thinking about informing people about how to handle coronavirus, right? I can have high intention to help people be as informed as possible and low attachment to whether they listen to me. And then, you know, in terms of going after big missions, you know, it can be devastating if you go after something and you just cling to that's the thing that's going to make me feel happy. I have to achieve that thing. But all I see the high intention towards is it gets you in motion. It gives you a compass. But then, you know, I have high intention to drive from LA to New York. But what if on my road to New York, there's a sign that says, you know what? Glacier up in Montana. That's really nice. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. Let me so high intention towards New York, low attachment to ever getting there. It's the journey, not the destination. Absolutely. Right? It's yep. really beautiful. When we think about our lives in that context, it seems so liberating. Mm-hmm. We stress out about the destination so much of the time, right? Yeah. Well, and what if the destination that we've set isn't as isn't as beautiful as the destination we could go towards? I think of yeah. You know, I talk about moonshots a lot as big goals, right? So when we went to the moon, we had no idea how we were getting there. We just said we were going. But what if we got so focused on going to the moon, we missed out on the opportunity to go to Mars? Or find the brightest star that we didn't even know. Right, right. right? It just narrows our focus. We get blinders on. We cease to see the possibilities. Yes, exactly. And I love that. You're right. And takes the blinders off. So let's talk about, you've already gotten into some of these, but what are are some of the ands that guide your life? I'm Mm -hmm. guessing you kind of have like your staple handful that are like, okay, these are my commandments, if you will. They are kind of my commandments. There's a couple that really come to mind. One that really started me thinking, oh my gosh, I really do live into ands, came about last year. And I said, I'm a scientist. I love to collect data. And as an entrepreneur, one of the things that we can do to keep moving forward in our business is treat everything we do like a data point. It's all an experiment. It's all research. Every little thing I do, whether it's a podcast episode or a piece of content I put out or a client that I'm offering a spot in my practice to, all of it's data. And over time, I can start 
you know, detaching from any one of those things making or breaking me, right? At the same time, if you move too far away from being a scientist or too far towards being a scientist and collecting data, you actually tell yourself your emotions aren't okay. And we know from a lot of research that emotional suppression actually is really unhealthy. It creates more anxiety. It creates stress on the body. So the and I really like to play with is how can you be a scientist in your business or in your life? You don't have to be in entrepreneurship to see everything as data and feel your feelings too. Mm. And the key here is that sometimes our feelings can bring us down and it's because we make meaning. So someone has said no to, to working with me as a client. I can be disappointed and let that go and say, okay, I'm disappointed, but data point, right? And data point. Or I could say, oh, I'm really disappointed and I must suck and I shouldn't do this anymore and blah, blah, blah. So it's about feeling the emotion without letting it take you down so that you can really say, okay, let me have a pity party. I'm really disappointed this person didn't work with me and I'm going to have a glass of wine and you know, have an emotional minute around it. And then the next morning, okay, data point, move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it feels like that and, I mean, talk about liberation, that liberates you to say, yeah, I'm going to feel the emotion. I'm going to experience this thing and I'm going to be more willing to take risks and make mistakes because I can also see them as data points. Yes. Yes. Has exactly. that been true for you? That Absolutely. Sort of like you up to saying like, okay, yeah, because I think so yeah. many times I'll speak for myself. Like, it's scary. It's like, oh my God, putting myself out there, this feels like it could be a big mistake. And maybe it is. Be willing to fall and yeah. collect that data point, feel it and move on. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes to knowing in yourself that whatever happens in that data point, whether it's a success or a failure, that you're going to be okay, that you can feel the emotion without feeling like I can fail without calling myself a failure. Right. And that I can fail. I know I can feel the emotion and move on. And most people aren't going to remember. So it helps me take more risks. It helps me put out more content, right? You're talking about, we launched my podcast today. Yeah, I put out 10 episodes. They're not all perfect. I know on this journey that there will be some episodes that are freaking great. There will be some episodes that I didn't do so well with. But the more I do it over time, the idea is that in volume, most of my episodes are pretty great. And I can allow myself to feel that disappointment in the moment or feel the, oh, I wish that had been better or even feel the the celebration in the moment and then come right back to center and say, all right, it's data. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. I think Mm -hmm. uh, there's just beautiful life lesson in that, right? Mm -hmm. Let's dig into one more of the ands that guide you. I think you said you had a couple that came to mind. What's another one? So one that I've been really, really playing with, and I think you'll resonate with Shelly as someone who's on a freaking huge mission is I love playing with fear. So there's a lot of ands around fear for me. But one that I really, really like is finding the sweet spot between the fear of what if I do and the fear of what if I don't. Oh, I have head to toe chills right now. You and I have never talked about this one, Erin. This is, okay, what if I do and what if I don't? Mm-hmm. That actually feels like how I've lived my life. Like that's sort of the and that defines sabbatical in a way. Mm. Maybe we need to re-record your episode. You have a new and. 
I know. I love this. We're going to be cross-pollinating content. I can totally tell. I was yep. on Aaron's. I was on Aaron's podcast. I couldn't wait to have her. I'm so glad you guys are getting to experience one of my favorite people. Okay, let's dig into this, Anne, because this is... Oh, okay. I still have it. Like my hair, my hairs on my arms are still standing on. Oh my God. I love it. You struck a chord. (laughs) That's awesome. So I guess I'm going to have to do another episode on that in particular. That's not one I've done yet, but you know, fear to me, and this comes back to something about an and I care about, which is there's oftentimes this idea that we need to be fearless in order to move courageously towards our goals. And even when I worked at Facebook, there was this poster on the wall that said, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And it's actually, that's the wrong question. Because if you're not afraid, you're not growing. You're not pushing the limits. You're not challenging yourself. The definition of courage is moving forward in the face of fear. And so I've been playing with this idea of how do you find the things that scare you to make sure you're growing? But if you over-rotate towards the fear of what if I do, you can stop yourselves in your tracks, right? And if you have no fear of what you're, what if I do, but there is a fear of what if I don't, are you really taking on a mission big enough? And so in both places, it's you need to find that thing that scares the shit out of you in both those ways, because who am I to do this? Why would I take on? What, if, what happens if this actually works? Or what if, what if I fail? What if I succeed? What if I'm visible? Oh my God. And how unhappy, unfulfilled, how, how empty might I feel if I don't? And that's where I keep my guiding. Like as I move forward in my own mission in my business, I constantly check into that fear of what if I don't. And oftentimes that's what propels me through the fear of what if I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. That, that's exactly how I'm computing it in my, my head and my heart right now, mm-hmm. to be honest. It's like, because I remember asking myself this question when I was just about to step out the door of Harley Davidson. So this is going on almost four years ago. You know, we share corporate background as part Mm. of our, you know, our shared history and experience. And I remember going, it feels so scary. Like this is the biggest decision I have ever made. It might be the biggest mistake I've ever made, but I kept asking myself, what if I don't? Yeah. I don't honor this calling to reconnect with my soul and find my truth and my purpose. What if I don't? And I can sit here today in this conversation with you, goosebumps and all, going, oh my God, thank God I asked myself that question. Yeah. I had a very, very similar question. And and I took a big leap in terms of I didn't have my business all figured out. In fact, when I left Microsoft Yammer, I thought I might be a coach, but I wasn't really sure coaching was the thing for me. I just had this this sense of what if I don't take this time to really find the path that that I want to be on, the mission that I want to be on. And there was so, so much fear about, you know, what was coming? What was I doing with my life? Fear of failure, fear of what if I have to go back? All these fears. But underneath was just, if I don't do this now, I won't. And that fear was the, the absolute outweigh, and that, that continues to propel me forward. And one thing I've been playing with, which is not an and, but I made a bit bold declaration a couple years back before I even left corporate uh, about taking this leap of faith. And one of the things I wrote in my bold declaration was, no steps along life's path are a mistake. Hmm. And data, going back to data, Nobody says a a data point is a mistake. It's just good or bad. 
It's a learning. It's a learning. And everything we do, whether or not it works or it doesn't work, whether it was a bad decision, quote unquote, or a good decision, quote unquote, always propels us forward. And it's the mistakes, quote unquote, that actually have us learn the most. So what if it's a mistake is a great question. How about I go make some mistakes? Yeah. And and combine that with what if I don't? Mm-hmm. What if I don't make mistakes? It means I'm not taking risks. It means right. I'm not pushing my edges. It means to your point, I'm not growing. Yes. And keep asking yourselves those questions. I like you, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself grounded or centered in that so that I keep growing as a human. I keep growing as an entrepreneur, yeah. I keep growing my mission and message in the world because the, what if I don't haunts me actually. Yeah. It haunts yeah. me because I wouldn't have written, I wouldn't have stepped off, uh, you know, out the door of Harley yeah. into a very scary and unknown <laughs> journey. Yeah. I wouldn't have then written a book about that journey. Yeah. It is inspiring people. I wouldn't have discovered my mission to liberate a billion souls. I wouldn't mm. be creating this podcast, having this conversation with you. So I just invite everybody to really ask yourself that question. I think it's so, whew, it's so powerful. And I do think if you really connect to that fear, I bet if you were to close your eyes and say where that shows up in your body, it's deep down at a soul level. And when you think about the fear of what if I do, it's way up at this head level. And so it's really cool to be able to feel the, the ands there of like, we have our heads, we have our hearts, we have our souls and the tensions that they can hold. And yes, the head will protect the soul at times and the soul will, will protect the head at times. Yeah. And I, okay, that's, it's a really beautiful distinction to like catch ourselves because we do, we default to the head space mm-hmm. or soul space. So what a mm-hmm. great way to bring you back into your heart and soul space and learn how to live there. It's going to mm-hmm. feel scary. It feels uncomfortable and awkward. I talk about that a little bit in the book because I remember the first time where I was really trying to reconnect with that voice and that feeling. I was like, I kept like popping back up to my head. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to rank order the Game of Thrones cast by sexiness. I am then mm-hmm. going to plan my grocery list because it's kind of scary to be down there. But down there is where all the magic happens. It is. Yeah. And that's the place that's so, so cut off. And it doesn't mean when we connect with that space that we've gotten rid of our head and that the, that the head is bad. I've, as I've explored this, I've heard a lot of people get really wrapped up in, oh, my intellect must be a problem. No, they're actually, they're, they're both really important. You have to have an and there. And one of the things that I've really learned about myself as someone who comes from a science background is that I enroll people in my world with my intellect. I have lots of information and thoughts I can share. When you're in space with me, that all goes away. I hold you with my heart. I enroll you with my head. I hold you with my heart. That's a beautiful and right there. Mm -hmm. I enroll you with my head and I hold you with my heart. Mm -hmm. I think you need to like start 
But you need like a whole background of your ands. Like I could see a gallery wall behind you at some point. Although mm. your wall, for those who are listening and not watching, Aaron's wall is really cool because it's got like electric guitars and cool art. And mm-hmm. so what you also don't know about her is she is also a musician. You're so you're you have your PhD yep. in psychology. Yep. You then went on to, you've mentioned both Facebook and Microsoft to work in user experience, basically, mm-hmm. right? At both mm-hmm. of those technology companies. And you're a musician. Yes. And you're now a coach and an author. I'm so curious how, because I, I suspect that there are many people listening to this who might still be in corporate jobs, mm-hmm. you know, like you and I were at one point. And they don't necessarily see how their experience is preparing them for the what if I don't for the mm-hmm. what's to come. So how do you think about your journey from, you know, being a PhD student to then saying, oh, I'm going to apply this in the world of technology to then saying, oh, no, I'm destined for something so much bigger in this world. How do you feel like all of that experience prepared you for what you're doing now? First of all, I'll go back and say this idea of being a coach came to me in about 2004. And I'm so glad I didn't know what coaching was then. I'm so glad that I went down this path because every piece of my experience has been super, super relevant. One of our coaches, Rich, talks about here's an and, transcend and include. And so I have a deep, deep understanding of humans from my scientific background, right? I know exactly what we know about how people think, how people feel, how they behave within themselves and in in social settings. I then go to Facebook and I learn how to impact 2 billion people. And I learn how to build products, things that didn't exist, put them into existence. Like my last big project was the team I managed did Facebook stories, which launched to 2 billion people. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So I know how to ask great questions because researchers ask great questions. We know how to go beneath what people are saying and really find out what they want, what they need, what's going on. Sounds like coaching. And then I can actually bring in as I talk to people who are leaping, especially people who are leaping out of the corporate world and creating some sort of new thing in the world, whether it's a business or a book, I can talk about the process because I know what it's like to have an idea that doesn't exist and the steps you need to take to make it real. And then I was managing people. So there's coaching and leadership and I have all kinds of leadership lessons. So it's everything I've done. The challenge sometimes is when we leave our, our, our roles, we think we're starting over. We think we're beginners and we leave behind all those things. And so that transcend and include piece is really important to go back and say, well, actually, no, what have I been doing that I can bring in that's unique? I don't know any other coach out there who can talk about building programs and products from scratch the way I do, being able to go do customer research the way I do, it makes me unique. Yeah. Those are your gifts and your superpowers. Yes. And those are the things that come with us always Mm -hmm. because they're within us always. And I think we forget that because we put so much value on what we're attached to big brands like Microsoft and Facebook. And for Mm -hmm. me, Harley Davidson, I was putting so much of my equity. It was borrowed equity in these other brands instead of investing in my own equity. Yes. And what I'm, I'm reminding myself, here's another and that I haven't talked about, but when we take these leaps and we decide to say we're leaving behind whatever role we were in, we are both a beginner and we are not a beginner. And what I mean by that is when I first started building my business and coaching, 
it was great to be a beginner because it meant that I could mess up more. I could try more things. I took more risks. I was probably thinking out of the box in ways that a lot of people who do it, who've been doing this for a while, you know, aren't anymore. So it was great to play that beginner's mindset. And I needed to remind myself that in so many ways, I'm not a beginner. I'm an expert. I remember getting coached by Rich, Rich Lipfin, who you just mentioned. And I was like, well, I'm a new coach. And I was just coming into his community. And he was like, stop right there. Did you just call yourself a new coach? And I'm sure you might have done this as well. Yep. It was sort of like I got bitch slapped and for all the right reasons. And I want to share this story with people to say, yeah, we don't give ourselves credit. He's like, remind me of your history. So didn't you say you spent 26 years in the corporate world? And didn't you say you were a head of marketing CMO for Harley Davidson? And weren't you leading like 200 plus people? Yeah. have been coaching your entire career. And I was like, oh God, he's so right. And that was my first introduction to Transcend and Include. So... Mm. I invite everybody who's listening and watching to say, yeah, what am I actually forgetting? Or what of my gifts and strengths and superpowers am I dismissing or discounting in some way? Because I find that that, like, that'll get your energy back when you reconnect with what those gifts are, which is exactly what you're talking about. You're using them every day. I am too. Yeah, that's what... It's so interesting because so often when we go into these new places, these new careers or these new missions or new businesses, we're looking around at what we're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if we've been in corporate where there was a what you're supposed to do, right? There was a whole career ladder. So we're looking around at other people for what are the rules and how are you supposed to show up and what makes a good entrepreneur? What makes a good coach? What makes a good author, right? Rather than being like, well, what's me? What do I bring? I love this because you and I just had this conversation about our podcasts. Absolutely. So we were like, well, wait, what would a rebel do? Well, a rebel would break the rules. So, you know, from how our podcasts are introduced to the length of the episodes to, you know, how we're even having the conversation. Right. Both of us were like, no. I'm like, wait a second. I'm about breaking the status quo. Like, what am I doing following somebody else's rules? So, you know. I'm about no boxes. So, yeah. yeah, Okay. I'm going to interview. I'm going to have conversations. I'm going to coach whenever it seems appropriate. (laughs) Exactly. And give ourselves permission. And so I think that's another one of the lessons like we cannot say enough. I have to remind myself every day, give yourself permission and break the freaking rules. I can break the law. I I think I mentioned this when I did my rebelling for possibilities because I was talking about the power of improv because Mm -hmm. the power of improv is like you create the rules. You are writing Mm -hmm. the script in the moment. And I think we forget that we can do that in life. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've noticed is as soon as I start breaking the external rules, I start creating my own rules. And sometimes those rules aren't good. So I've been playing with constantly going back and asking myself, what are the unwritten rules that I'm telling myself I need to follow? And then constantly breaking my own rules in service of rebelling for whatever I'm going after. Yeah, in service of impact, right? Right. Because this is, I'd be remiss in us not talking about this because I know it's yet another thing we're both so passionate about is 
the impact we are having in the world Mm -hmm. and wanting to have in our communities, in our clientele, in our work to be serving other people who want to have an impact. Absolutely. And recently, and I think I've mentioned this on a, in at least one of the solisodes, when I was doing my brilliant session around rebelling for to a community of 150 coaches, you know, coaches, consultants, and corporate leaders, Aaron was on it. I also mm-hmm. joined Aaron's as well. And one of the women said, Shelly, you've redefined ROI. It's no longer return on investment in the way of your world. It's ripples of impact. Mm-hmm. And Erin, and you and I are now both using this language. All the time. I I used it just yesterday with someone. Yeah. Talk more about how you're thinking about that and how you are helping people to have the impact that they want to have. Because I am just like, this is another goosebumpy moment for me where it's like the more people we have in the world who are creating those ripples that become those waves and that are changing our lives and our world for the better, whew, I want to live in that world. Absolutely. So there's a lot of ways I've been thinking about it. One is just in shifting my own alignment and values because so often it's, yeah, okay, am I going to do this activity or that activity? What's the ROI, right? Return on the time investment or return on my, my, my monetary investment. Oftentimes, we don't know what that return looks like for years. I wouldn't be a coach now if I hadn't gone to an event in 2016 where I met my first coach and I didn't hire her till a year later, but I just randomly met her, ROI paying off, right? So it's a lot of my own alignment towards what is the ripple of impact my podcast might make or what is the ripple of impact of doing coaching or a group program or writing a book? You know, that really helps me think about my activities. And then when it comes to the people I'm working with, I'm also helping shift their mindsets around their investments of their time, their money. And I'm getting even clearer with myself. I can coach people on pretty much anything. I mean, if you're a human in front of me, I can coach you. And I get lit up by the people who are going to be making those ripples of impact, whether it's the people who are going to immediately go out and um, impact a million people with their direct touch, or it's the person I'm working one-on-one with who's going to work one-on-one, who's going to then also have a big ripple of impact. I'm constantly helping myself see what are these people going to do for the world? And are they going to light me up? And then saying, if you're that person, we should have a conversation. Yeah. And for anyone listening, I mean, you're talking to two people who want to support other humans who are on a mission to have an impact or even to discover and really help blossom. Like, what is that impact? Because I've had people come to me saying, I know I want to help people. I know it might look like this. These are the things that light me on fire. Help me dig deeper and Mm -hmm. figure out what that really means and start creating around it. Like that's beautiful. You know, I imagine you have people who come to you too saying, help me clarify what this impact is and then what it looks like and let's start creating. Absolutely. I have people at all stages and people right now who are like, I'm still in the corporate world, but I know I meant for something different and I have a general sense of it. Help me, you know, launch into that. And then I have other people who are like, yep, I have that thing. Now I just don't know how to go after it. Or I'm, I've got all those fears. How do I move through those fears? Or 
I just want someone on my hero's journey to be my guide to help me. You know, there's a whole lot of different levels of it. And I get lit up by every stage. Like if you're already on that mission and you're stuck, let's talk. If you're early on and you know, like me a few years ago, knowing there's something, I don't know what, I'm going to go towards it. I'm going to find it. That's great too. Yeah. It's all about the intention, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten really clear. I think our our work is so beautifully complementary, and I've gotten so clear that my work in the world is helping people rebel for who they are, what they want, and the impact they want to have in the world. Mm-hmm. And I love the intersection of our work in doing that. And I, I know someday we will co-create Absolutely. Something freaking amazing. We talk about it all the time. So I know ideas are percolating and mm-hmm. maybe it's even something around your book. I want to, let's, let's talk about your book. So you are now deep in the life in the and, and you went, holy shit, I've got a book on my hands and you have just you just dove into it. And I've been, I've just been watching you. Like you're so lit up. You before, like a year ago when I met you, you were like, yeah, I don't know a book, you know, Rich always talks to us about books. And now you're like, oh, I'm writing a freaking book. I have its title and I already have it outlined. So talk to us more about what the world will, what the world will be able to read one day soon. Yeah. So the book is called And How a Tiny Word Can Change Your Life, Your Business, and the World. And it's going to be riffing off of some of the stuff in the podcast, some of the ands I stand for as I'm talking to amazing humans, drawing out their ands. Some people who come to my show know the and already. And some of them, I'm just sitting there going, oh, that's an and you just talked about. So we're pulling those out. And it's going to be a real practical guide of how do you actually use this and in your life? And then I'm going to talk about it from the within us. And then I'm going to talk about the ands in the corporate life and organizations and communities and what's possible for our world if we can embrace ands within and between people. Oh, love it. Do we, I know you're only at the beginning of I have no, no, no launch dates. I will okay. say <laughs> one of the things that I have really embraced in the last couple years is another another way of thinking about ands is that every quality or trait or personality characteristic is available to us. This is why actors can draw from within themselves really disparate characters. And one of the things I always said to myself is I'm not the sort of person who writes a book. And the minute you say I'm not the sort of person, you cut off all of these possible characteristics and traits that you take on. So what I'm doing to help myself move through that is creating a character in my head of an alter ego, if you will, of someone who is a prolific author. And I'm actually like, I haven't written it all yet, but thinking about how that person walks, how that person talks, where do they write? What are they drinking when they write? What are the characteristics they embody? Because I know they're within me as part of my hands. I've just not explored them throughout my life. And I also will say, anytime I say I'm not the sort of person who I always end up doing it. So at some point... I'm either going to learn to stop saying it or learn that when I say that, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and ask yourself, it's like, okay, wait a second. How do I make this easy? How do I make this mm-hmm. easy by saying, who is the person who does this? Yes. And how do I want to show up exactly. as that person? I love that because I'll be honest, when I was writing the book last year, I was showing up as the tortured, struggling <laughs> writer. <laughs> like drunk Hemingway. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God, Shelly, get your shit together. Maybe that served the book. Who knows? <laughs> and I think, it, I think it served the deeply emotional, vulnerable pieces in the book very powerfully. 
and yeah. what I'll do differently for the second and you know how third book and whatever is use this exercise because I think showing up saying, I love that and showing up and saying like, I am a prolific author. Mm-hmm. I am someone who writes with flow and ease. I mm-hmm. am like using that automatically. I can feel my energy shift instantaneously. So Absolutely. I that. Well, I can't wait for the world to experience your book. And I feel like, I mean, the timing for all of this and the power of this little word is, I think, never, ever more relevant than us having this conversation in the midst of COVID, the global pandemic, and in the midst of racial justice and the injustice that we continue to witness. And now what I'm hopeful is the end, the beginning of the end of that injustice Mm, yeah, I feel and, like there's more traction recently to really get on like anti-racism. I know I've been doing a lot of work yep. about it. You yep. have to. I'm curious to hear you talk about the role of how we think about and as a way to also heal, right? To heal and build those bridges and create that change that we want to see. Yeah, I think that the the word and is inclusive and i will say one it's not in the racism conversation but one of my amazing amazing clients is working on a project where he's trying to heal the political divide because he sees and the political divide is it's the inner trauma that's coming out in our communities and so i see the and as playing that yes and game, right? How do we find the commonalities and how do we get down to the humanity? And honestly, if you think that we all have access to every characteristic and trait and quality at the core, we're all the same in a lot of ways. So I think there's a lot we can explore with Anne's is how do we look at these very different ways of seeing the world and find paths forward by combining them? You know, even just thinking about, I've been trying to play with how do we help the all lives matter people understand that, it, Black Lives Matter is it's kind of an and, right? <laughs> and all lives matter. But and we so need the emphasis and the focus on Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know how all these ands play out. I just know that inclusivity and this idea of we need to understand how we're all the same and we need to understand how to leverage differences. And that when we can do that, that's when we really we see creativity, innovation, love coming to the forefront. And I'd like to be working with more people who are in the forefront of these movements because I, I think there's probably some inner connection with ourselves to help us understand how to move forward. And I will also say one other and that's really, really important in this racism conversation is understanding that racism is systemic and it's up to us as individuals. If we over-rotate towards the system is broken, we don't take our individual responsibility in fighting things. But if we don't recognize the systemic side and put it all in individuals, nothing happens. And so that's a really big and that I want to, to help people move through is how do we take on these really, really huge challenges that are communal, systemic, society level, and as individuals do our part because we do matter in how we do this and how we show up and how we move forward. We matter 100% in the choices we are making every single day. Yeah. And in how we are showing up 
every single day. So yeah, I love that. I could have this conversation for another three hours, as you know, because you and I could riff for many hours and I will probably have you back as you continue to put all this great content out into the world. And as you explore, I'm I'm so excited for where this whole idea of and is going to be a year from now, Mm -hmm. because this is relatively recent that it's all crystallizing for you. And I am in awe and so in inspired by what you've already created. Mm, And yeah, I, again, a reminder that Aaron's podcast, Life in the And, it debuts today, July 14th. So by the time you are listening to or watching this episode, it will be there for the binging. So subscribe and binge, especially if you loved this conversation, you just get more of it, more of Aaron and her fabulous guests and one of whom is me, (laughs) which was a fabulous conversation, let me say. (laughs) It was so fun. And I love how different the two conversations were, me on your show and you on mine. And yet I can't get enough of of either one of them. So as the last little bit, where can people find you? Yeah. So obviously they can find Life in the End where any podcasts are found. They can also find me in two different places. The main place I play is in a Facebook community called the Heart Leader Launchpad. You can search for it on Facebook. It's also Facebook slash group slash heart-led launchpad. And that's for changemakers who are leading from the heart to create a more authentic, inclusive, and loving world in their, their, their business or in their projects. And I share all kinds of content there every day. It's an incredible community. And if people want to check out how to actually work with me or just learn more about who I am, go to my website. It's AaronMBaker.com. So apparently there's a lot of Aaron Bakers out there. So AaronMBaker.com. I love it. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. Yep. I am so grateful that we had this conversation. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for inspiring me. I got so many juicy nuggets out of Likewise. <laughs> I hadn't even expected. I'm like, oh, we've had the and conversation and now I can just see how it grows and grows. You'll find and's everywhere. I see them all the time. And and actually the question I ask myself on a regular basis is where's the end here? I even asked one of our colleagues that this morning when he was, I could do this or this. I'm like, where's the end here? I see them everywhere. And I think as if you start listening to the podcast and start having more conversations with me, you'll start seeing them everywhere too. I think that's a beautiful invitation to end with. Start seeing the ands everywhere and liberate those possibilities. All right, Rebel Souls, thank you for tuning in. And I can't wait to chat again next time. In the meantime, stay bold, brave, and badass. Ciao. Hey, Rebel. Thanks for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so our fellow Rebel Souls can find us. We have big work to do together. And if you want to dive deeper, head on over to my website at soulbatical.com and follow me at Sylvatical on Instagram. Until next time, stay bold, brave, and badass, and never stop asking, what am I rebelling for?